Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ranking Thrones. I am James Kelly. And I'm Evan Camacho. And every week, Evan and I meet up to talk about the kings who sat on the Iron Throne and Mm -hmm. queen who sat on the Iron Throne. This episode, we are covering Rhaenyra, first of her name. All right. And um, so to get... If if this is your jumping in point, this is a, both a fabulous and also interesting episode to jump in on because it's fabulous because it's the start of our what will be I think probably four episodes talking about the dance of the dragons. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, like uh, you should probably check out our, our first episode on King Viserys to get a good background on everything that's about to transpire in this episode. Um, so every week, Evan and I meet up. I'm a book fan, and uh, Evan's more of a fan of the TV show. Right. So it comes in a little fresh. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talk about the life of the the person who sat on the Iron Throne, their life story, and then rank them and uh, judge how well they were as a king, how they, good they were as a warrior, uh, madness and misrule, how, how much they made mistakes. We also judge their appearance. As a fun little side question, we ask how good they would make as a movie or TV show. And then we ask the more most important question, dragon or dud? Is this person right. worth remembering, or are they just kind of like a footnote? Right. So last week we covered Viserys, who was interesting, but we ultimately um, decided he wasn't a dragon. No, no. But he set up a great groundwork for this episode. So, as I said before, we are covering Rhaenyra the first, the only woman who sat on the Iron Throne in the books. Yes. Now, before we begin, though, oh, or no, well, normally I ask Evan what he can tell me about Rhaenyra, but he can probably tell me a lot because we covered a lot in the Viserys episode. Right. So instead, I'm going to ask a more fun question for the both of us, just as individuals. Mm Mm-hmm. Evan, who would you support in the Dance of the Dragons? Rhaenyra or Aegon? Uh, I'm going with Rhaenyra. Yeah, I, I am I'm too. I'm going with Rhaenyra. Yeah. Why would you tr- support Rhaenyra? I think she had she I think she is the the more competent ruler even if even if she's not necessarily the rightful ruler. In mm-hmm. in, in the sense that because uh, uh, Aegon is is they said they it has to be a um has to be a male heir and i think she was a better she would have been a better ruler mm. that's nice mm-hmm. um for me it's just because like uh because viserys chose her right uh, and like very explicitly and 100 percent mm-hmm. like we'll get down the line where there's kind of an ambiguity but right. for, for this one it's like it's it's crystal clear it's like viserys wanted her to be be queen so i would have been like no she like yeah i know there are traditions but the king wanted to break those traditions so mm-hmm. but that's me but we're gonna go in and maybe i don't know well we can't you can't make a decision based on hindsight or you should hindsight is 2020 yeah so but okay so the next thing though just a little fun background is she mentioned on the show yes no. she is Yes. Um, in in uh, episode nine of season five, Dance of the Dance of Dragons, 
Right. Uh, Shireen is reading a book on the Dance of the Dragons and talks about Rhaenyra and Aegon and the whole civil war. Hmm. And Stannis asks her who would she have supported. Uh, Shireen herself says she wouldn't have chosen just because it's kind of bad to to create sides and have fighting. Right. Which means she's a very nice girl. And uh, if you watch what happens immediately afterwards and what Stannis is talking about, it's very much he's kind of having a different conversation with his daughter. Agreed. All right. But that's the fun of the show. Mm-hmm. So, does she have a nickname? Yes. Uh, she was... When she was young, she was called the Realm's Delight. Hmm. She would later be called Magor with Teats. Oh, great. The Whore of Dragonstone. And the Half-Year Queen. Uh-oh. Yeah, a bit of a spoiler. Yeah. So, the life of Rhaenyra Targaryen. Rhaenyra Targaryen is never referred to as Rhaenyra I in any of the Targaryen family trees, whereas all refer to Aegon the Elder as Aegon II. Okay. It seems that even Martin does not want us to consider Rhaenyra as Queen of Westeros, but as the criterion of this podcast, she was not just a claimant to the Iron Throne as she would sit on the Iron Throne and would be hailed as Queen. Spoilers, Evan. Fair enough. So... We covered all of the major events of Rhaenyra's life and the rivalry between her and Queen Alicent. Mm-hmm. To get a good sense of that struggle, listen to our episode on, on Viserys I. Mm-hmm. So, Rhaenyra was eight months pregnant when she was informed that her father was dead and that her half-brother Aegon the Elder was crowned Aegon II. Her anger erupted into her child, who she angrily tore at, screaming at it to get out. It emerged a malformed girl that was immediately burned. Rhaenyra immediately accused Aegon and the usurpers of robbing her of her crown and murdering her daughter. She would swear she would have her revengeance. Rhaenyra was soon greeted by a member of the King's Guard, Sir Eric Cargill, who swore to his queen and brought with him the crown of of her father, Viserys I. She was crowned in Dragonstone and began to rally her forces. Mm. Maester Orwile was sent to Dragonstone to plead with Rhaenyra to relinquish her claim to the throne. He addressed her as Your Grace and offered terms that she would maintain her place in Dragonstone. Her son Jake would inherit Dragonstone and Luke was free to claim the heir to Driftmark. Rhaenyra then asked who had King Viserys named as his heir. Orwell replied, her. Rhaenyra then asked why Orwell had, Orwell had chosen to ally with Aegon the Usurper. According to Septon Eustace, Orwell then gave a long speech about how the Andal traditions and the precedent set forth in the Great Council 101 AC. According to Mushroom, Orwell just rambled on and pissed himself. Nah. I believe Mushroom and Eustace are both right. He probably did say the long speech that Eustace describes, which was probably rambling to anyone else, and he may have indeed been so terrified as he rattled off his pathetic excuses before Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra, unimpressed, said that she would not refuse to let go of her birthright. Jake and Luke Valerian were 14 and 12, respectively. They wanted to take part in helping their mother's claim. 
Jake persuaded his mother that sending the princes on dragons would be far more impressive than sending ravens to envoys to gain allies. Agreed. Rhaenyra made Jake and Luke swear that they would not fight, as they were not fully grown men. She also refused the eager Prince Joffrey Valerian from joining in. Jake Valerian, who was declared Rhaenyra's heir, was assigned the supposedly more difficult task of going to more potentially hostile areas. He first traveled to the Vale, where he met Lady Arryn, who had fought off many of her brothers who tried to take the Vale from her. While other more salacious sources say sexual favors were demanded for the Vale's allegiance, Munkin's version, and he's a third source that talks about the Dance of Dragons beyond Eustace and Mushroom, Think of him, uh, for our Roman fans, as the Cassius Dio. Oh, God. Munkin's version simply says that Lady Aaron supported Rhaenyra as she was the legitimate queen and sympathized with men trying to take a woman's rightful claim. Fair enough. Jake then went to White Harbor. There, Lord Manderley was more lukewarm to greeting the Prince of Dragonstone. He and the Manderleys were bitter over being denied a marriage to the Targaryens that had been promised to them during the reign of Jaehaerys I. They had been promised to marry um, Viserra Targaryen, the girl who who ended up partying and died falling off of her horse. Jake arranged for Lord Manderley to have one of his daughters marry Prince Joffrey. Prince Jake then went to Winterfell, where he met Lord Cregan Stark, Lord Stark was a man in his 20s, but he had a, this ability to feel like he was a man in his 30s and be a big, strong, impressive man. Like many Starks of Winterfell, he was thought of as being cold and rigid, but he was won over by Jake. Though, though according to Mushroom, Cregan was not pleased when he found his bastard sister, Sarah Snow, in bed with Prince Jake. Oh, boy. Sarah reassured, but listen to this part. Sarah reassured Lord Stark that Prince Jake had married Sarah Snow before a weirwood tree, before taking her maidenhead. Of course. And if this account from Mushroom is to be further believed, there might have been dragon eggs left in Winterfell. Mm -hmm. Maester Gildane dismisses this as just a story. After all, Jake was engaged to marry his cousin. Could could a Stark, could a Targaryen, the blood of the dragon, really be so interested in a, a Stark of, of Winterfell and a bastard at that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, uh, that, that'll never happen. No. Oh, yes. <laughs> Prince Luke Valerian was sent to a theoretically easier mission of gaining House Baratheon's allegiance. Oh, for the love of... After all, the Baratheons and Targaryens, such a long historic al- allegiance and alliance. Oh, friendship. Yes. To his surprise and horror, he found Prince Aemon Targaryen already there. By the end of the meeting, Luke would be killed by Aemon atop his ancient dragon, Vagar. We will cover the full details of that envoy in a few episodes. Hmm. From that point on, Aemon would be known as Aemon Kinslayer. Jesus. For having killed Luke Valerian. After Luke was killed, Damon whispered to Rhaenyra, a son for a son. Two men paid by Damon crept into the Red Keep. They would be known as Blood and Cheese. 
And it's a sad oh. thing that they are remembered because of what I'm about to tell you. They they smuggled in and themselves in and were in the Red Keep. Yeah. They snuck into chambers and gagged Queen Alicent and waited for Queen Helena to arrive. Queen Helena would every night go with her, her children to say goodnight to their grandmother. When an unsuspecting Helena arrived with her children to greet their grandmother, blood and cheese took them. They held Helena and Aegon's children at knife. They told Helena to choose which of their sons they would, she, they would kill. Helena begged them to kill her instead, but they said a wife was not a son, and they would kill a son. If she did not choose, she swore that blood would rape Jehera. Finally, with tears in her eyes, she told them to kill her younger son, Maelor. People say she chose Maelor because Jaehaerys was designated as Aegon II's heir, but also because she believed that Maelor was too young to understand what was happening. Jesus. She's whispered into Maelor's ears, You hear that, little boy? Your mama wants you dead. Then blood decapitated Prince Jaehaerys. Queen Helena would lose her mind from this night, never recovering from the trauma and guilt. Blood and cheese fled, not harming any of the others. Blood was found with Jaehaerys' head, but cheese was never found. Wow. In vengeance, Sir Criston Cole... That, honestly, right there, just so horrifying. I think, like, that is Martin, like, pulling another Red Wedding. So magnificent. Yeah. That is just so horrifying and awful. Yeah. I agree. That's... As we go on, neither side is really heroes. No. In vengeance, Sir Kristen Cole ordered that Sir Eric Cargill go to Dragonstone, as he was the identical twin brother to Rhaenyra's Sir Eric. They had hoped to smuggle Sir Eric into the castle to kill either Rhaenyra's sons or the queen herself. However, Sir Eric saw his brother, and the two would kill each other. Singers adore the story for its tragedy. Two brothers fighting against each other. Yep. During this time, Rhaenyra was more distraught, and it is during this time that Prince Jake Valerian was more in command of the Blacks, with allegedly Mushroom taking a prominent role among the Blacks from this point on, if his account is to be believed. Mm. Mushroom says he was secretly manipulating the Blacks from this point onward. I don't know how much to read into that as true. A little bit, a little bit, no. But I think he was very much a secret advisor. Yeah. After Luke's death, they agreed to send off Rhaenyra's younger sons, Aegon the Younger and Viserys, to the east until she had secured the Iron Throne. Unfortunately, the Greens had allied with Lysene pirates, and soon the ships were attacked. Aegon the Younger mounted his dragon and safely arrived back on Dragonstone. This was the first time he had ever flown a dragon. Ooh. This event would be greatly traumatizing for the boy, and his dragon died from injuries in the experience. Jesus. Prince Viserys' whereabouts were not known, and Rhaenyra believed she had lost another of her sons. And for Aegon the Younger, he personally blamed himself for his brother's death. Prince Jake and Lord Corlys Valerian planned their next move. 
When they heard that their allies were in danger in the south, Princess Rhaenys, the queen who never was, was sent on her dragon. However, this was a trap set by Aegon the Usurper's new hand, Sir Criston Cole, the kingmaker. Princess Rhaenys found herself suddenly facing Aegon the Usurper and Aemon Kinslayer on their two dragons. However, Rhaenys bravely stood on and fought the brothers. Fire was described as though another sun came. In wow. the end, all the dragons fell to the ground. Only Aemon Kinslayer and Vagar came out of it thriving. Aegon the Usurper came out with his body half-melded to the armor. He was broken along with his golden dragon Sunfire. Rhaenys, the queen who never was, was dead, along with her dragon. Lord Corlys, the sea snake, was furious that his wife was dead and demanded that Rhaenyra act, but she was still too consumed with grief, with only Mushroom capable of reaching to her. Wow. Mushroom was the one who supposedly suggested to Prince Jake a way of gaining the upper hand on the Greens. They would send out an offer for any man or woman of joining the cause by mounting the dragons. Huh. Many, including Mushroom, would try to mount the dragons, and while Mushroom tried and survived with only a burnt butt, over a hundred <laughs> yep. Over a hundred people would be killed or maimed in the attempt to mount the dragons. Huh. The dragons are very picky. Yeah. But four dragons would be mounted. Before Aegon's conquest, several of the Targaryens had taken advantage of the Lord's right and left many Targaryen bastards that were dubbed Dragon Seeds. Ooh, that's a nice one. Yeah, I like the name. Yeah. Three Dragon Seeds mounted dragons that had been previously ridden. One was a, a bulking man known as Hugh Hammer. The other was <laughs> called Ulf the White, but it was derisively known as Ulf the Sot for his drunkenness. The third boy was named Adam, who was claimed to be the bastard of son of Lenor Valerian, Rhaenyra's first husband, who was probably gay. Huh. Mushroom says that Adam and his brother Alan were really Lord Corliss's bastard sons, which is probably right. I think that that's probably on the money. I mean, it makes sense. Rhaenyra legitimized Adam and Alan, and they were henceforth both Adam and Alan Valerian. Lastly, and most curious, though, was a girl named Nettles. Unlike all of the other dragon riders, she was not of clear Valerian ancestry, with her common brown skin and hair. But the girl would feed the dragons sheep daily, and she was able to mount a dragon never ridden by a man before. She would dub the dragon Sheep Sealer. And this is really just a curiosity because it really sets a little bolt in the whole idea that only the Targaryens could mount the dragons. Maybe not. Maybe. It's a bit of a mystery. Or maybe... What? What? I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm still here. Okay. I'm still here. Yeah. Maybe it's because Sheepstealer had been fed so often by her that she wasn't so strange to him. But who knows? Well, it's entirely possible that she just got used to it. Yeah. Hmm. 
The Sea Snake's holdings would be attacked by the Lycian enemies. They would destroy the new town, Spice Town, which had been Anyways. created by, uh, by just his great work. I know, a bunch of people. That's funny. Yeah. And, and devastate his capital of Driftmark. The Dragon Riders debuted to the world and devastated the Greens' foreign allies. As the battle was concluded, suddenly a bolt came to Prince Jake's dragon. Prince Jake crashed into the ocean to his death. Though his body was not found, leading some to come up with stories that he survived with amnesia, and another that it was found and desecrated by crabs. Crabs? Hmm. Yeah. Either way, Prince Jake Valerian was dead. The victors of the battle later said that the battle did not feel that it was a victory. Queen Rhaenyra took the news of Prince Jake more as a call to arms. Filled with rage, she planned with Daemon Targaryen her vengeance. Earlier in the war, Daemon had taken Harrenhal. Trying to regain Harrenhal, the Greens under Aemon Kinslayer and Sir Criston withdrew their massive forces to gain the castle. They were joined by the Lannisters. The Lannisters, however, would meet the enemies from the south and the north, leading to some of the bloodiest land battles in the Dance of the Dragons. The blacks would emerge triumphant, but at such a horrific cost. Meanwhile, Aemond arrived in Harrenhal to find the castle abandoned, save for the Castellan. Aemond claimed victory, only to hear an uncomfortable reality check. What? With King's Landing all but abandoned, the Blacks flew to attack the city. There, the majority of the City Watch defected to Rhaenyra. They did this because they had all served under Prince Daemon, who they, whom they had called the Prince of Fleabottom, and had been their lord, commander at one point, and had given them their gold cloaks. Hmm. There was some valiant resistance, but in the end, Rhaenyra was able to take King's Landing with minimal bloodshed. Okay. Knowing defeat, Aegon the Usurper was miraculously smuggled out of the city along with Prince Maelor and Princess Jahera. Queen Alicent went before Rhaenyra and asked that a great council be called. Rhaenyra refused, saying that they both knew how they would rule. So, even though she, she has that rightful claim, she knows yeah. that the men would probably be against her. Yes. And I don't, like, it's sadly, I don't think she's off the mark. No. So, it's sad, but, yeah. Um, hmm. Rhaenyra Targaryen at last sat on the Iron Throne, having lost three of her sons and her daughter. There she received many of the lords and ladies who begged for forgiveness and mercy. At the end of the night, Rhaenyra rose with blood trickling from her fingers and legs. All took it as a sign that Rhaenyra would not sit long on the Iron Throne. For the entirety of her reign, Rhaenyra would cut herself on the Iron Throne. Jesus. It's a powerful symbol. Oh, yeah. Rhaenyra quickly inherited a capital that was bankrupt, as most of the money had been hidden away by Aegon the Usurper. Under torture, Sir Tylan Lannister would not confess where the money was. With no options, Rhaenyra approved her master of coin, Lord Celtigar, imposing brutal and crippling taxes. 
These taxes turned pe- the people on Rhaenyra, who although never, who the people never loved Aegon II, but they came to hate Rhaenyra. <laughs> In addition to the unpopular monetary decisions, Rhaenyra would execute hundreds of the people who had sworn to Aegon the Usurper. This led pe- to people c- declaring that she was Magor with teats, <laughs> with a later insult being Magor's teats. <laughs> Rhaenyra absolutely refused to forgive her half-brothers, demanding their blood while Lord Valerian and her self-appointed Grand Maester Gerardus advised them being allowed to take the black. Okay. So they're arguing kind of like a reasonable kind of punishment but she's like no i want their bloods they betrayed me understandable but sadly she's not exactly reasonable right now no rhaenyra would also deny giving lordships to her allies hugh hammer and ulf the white which they would remember during this time poor innocent prince Maelor would be discovered and in the midst of a mob killed the two-year-old prince's head was brought to Rhaenyra. According to Mushroom, she wept when she saw it. Though, according to Septon Eustace, who was not there, Mushroom was, she smiled and even had it delivered to Queen Alicent in a chamber pot. Wow. Queen Alicent, and that tells you, like, both, like, the unreliability of the sources. Right. But also, it's like, what they really thought of Rhaenyra by that mm. point of how vindictive she got. Yeah. Queen Alicent went before Rhaenyra in chains, begging an end to this and for mercy. She offered to divide the realm with Rhaenyra in control of King's Landing and the northern part of the realm, and Aegon ruling from the south with Old Town as his capital. Rhaenyra angrily refused, saying that her half-brothers had betrayed her and killed her sons. Alison foolishly retorted that Rhaenyra's bastards died from war, whereas her grandsons were innocent. Big mistake. Yeah, I I understand, like, in the heat of the moment you say some things, but... Big mistake. Yeah. Is all you can say. Rhaenyra was so incensed by this, she either threatened to take Alison's tongue, or if Mm -hmm. Mushroom is to believe, she ordered her tongue cut by... But then... Her mistress of whispers and Prince Damon's paramour, Lady Miseria, suggested something far worse. She suggested that since Alicent continued to lie of bastards, that they force Alicent and Queen Helena to become prostitutes and offer them for the price of gold of a gold dragon day and night until they were pregnant. Wow. Maester Gildane thinks this is not true, and though Mushroom was there, he also liked to tell scandalous stories. Mm-hmm. Though Gildane does believe that such things were told of Rhaenyra, especially by Aegon the Usurper, to justify his later actions. Mm-hmm. I don't th- think that she ultimately ordered it, but I bet that no. it was... It was suggested, and she definitely thought about it. Yes. Uh, She was just... She hated Alicent. Kind of understandably and rightfully so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And she loved her kids, and... Would you really want to sit by and let your kids be insulted all the time? 
No. And like, especially when they were dead and their memory was insulted. Yeah. I, it's a mom. It's like, mm-hmm. no. That's like, you're, you're crossing a line. But then, like, she's considering inhumane responses. So. These are, these, I mean, it's, it's evil committing evil. Yeah. And given, given to evil. evil. Yeah. Yeah. Rhaenyra sent out Damon and Nettles to find Aemon Kinslayer, who, was, who, having separated from Sir Criston Cole, began a reign of terror around Harrenhal to bait Rhaenyra. Also, Sir Criston Cole, known as the Kingmaker, would be killed in a peace meeting between the Blacks. <sighs> Sir Criston offered to fight the three commanders, and they responded by having archers kill him. Wow. And with him went the, the polarizing Kingmaker, whom Sir Jamie Lannister called a little bit of both a hero and a villain. Hmm. Rhaenyra had to deal with the major rebellion in the south under Lord Hightower. Hugh Hammer and Ulf the White were sent to deal with the rebels, but both defected over to the Greens. This would be known as the Two Betrayals, and the preceding battle would be the greatest slaughter to be imagined. Jesus. The town of Tumbleton would be brutally sacked with every old man and boy killed and every woman, including little girls, raped. Damn. Yeah. It's a dark, dark, dark period. Say the least. Rhaenyra, horrified by the betrayals, now questioned whether her other dragon riders were loyal. To her fury, Lady Miseria, Mistress of Whispers, told Rhaenyra that Nettles had become Damon's lover. Okay. Rhaenyra ordered Nettles to be executed, but expressly told Damon was to be spared, as he had he had to be bewitched for sleeping with that common girl. Ah. I mean, he was a prince. Why would he want that commoner? Mm-hmm. And she still obviously loved Damon. So, you know, woman scorned a little bit. Yeah, this is bad. Rhaenyra also ordered Adam Valerian to be taken for questioning, but he escaped with the help of Lord Corliss, either his grandfather or his father. Hmm. and Grand Maester Gerardus. Rhaenyra sent Lord Corliss the Sea Snake to the dungeons and relieved Grand Maester Gerardus of his duties in King's Landing and ordered him to return to Dragonstone. With Lord Corliss imprisoned, numerous soldiers who were bannermen to House Valerian abandoned Rhaenyra as they were... During this time an old one-armed man known as the Shepherd began to gain a sizable cult at King's Landing, preaching against Rhaenyra. Oh, do you think I'm just throwing that in, or is that going to become important? Oh, boy. Meanwhile, in Maidenpool, the Lord received the letter and was distraught. He did not wish to be cursed for killing his guest, and furthermore, knew that killing Nettles would enrage Damon, who rode a dragon. His maester uh. suggested that they pretend they did not read the letter. Instead of it, a maester's hand and a whore's work. <laughs> Enraged and disappointed, Damon arranged for Nettles to leave. She flew to the east, never to be seen until a long time after this conflict was over. 
Nettles left with tears in her eyes as she flew away. Wow. As for Maidenpool, the maester said to to surrender his chain and go and surrender to Queen Rhaenyra, as he was a traitor. But instead, the Lord of Maidenpool said, "We are all traitors," and abandoned the flag of of Rhaenyra and raised the flag of Aegon the Second. Here we go again. Prince Daemon challenged Aemon Kinslayer to combat on Harrenhal. There, Aemon arrived on Vagar with his pregnant mistress, Alice Rivers. And remember, Vagar is the biggest and mightiest dragon in Westeros at this time. Hmm. Aemon said to Daemon, You've lived too long, Nuncle. Daemon responded, On that much we agree, nephew. <laughs> Damon flew up high on his dragon Caraxes, with the older and larger Vagar unable to follow. Like a, because he was bigger, Vagar was bigger, she was slower. That makes sense. At last, Caraxes flew down and bit into Vagar. As they battled and fell to the ground, Damon jumped off his saddle and stabbed Aemon One-Eye through his blind side down to his throat. Jesus. Aemon's body was found with a sword in his head, but Daemon was not found. Songs sing that he survived and would find nettles in the east, but these are dismissed as stupid even by Mushroom. <laughs> with this battle, Vagar, the last living thing from Aegon's conquest, was dead. Wow. Back in King's Landing, the people began to riot when they heard that Queen Helena was dead. All the historians agree it was suicide, though no reason for this, or explanation, rather, is given. Some claim it was because she was pregnant with a bastard, but that comes from the prostitution story. Another <laughs> says that Miseria told Helena that Melor was dead. But why would she do this? Like, it just like, she didn't really have any reason to hate Queen Helena. Or to revel in her suffering, although maybe that's a little bit about her. But it's like there's no real yeah. reason other than she was just sad and depressed and a little mad at this point. Mm -hmm. But the people came to their own conclusion that Rhaenyra had killed Helena. Yeah. While this was not at all likely, Jeez. after all, what would she gain by that? Like, there's no reason at all. Like, she, she would have nothing to gain from killing Helena. But the people believed it completely. Which says a lot about what people thought of Rhaenyra at this time. And there's a saying, like, just sometimes, like... <clears throat> like, you talked earlier, last episode, about rumors. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is, like, where a case where just, like, rumors are... are ultimately a better reflection of the truth because the truth was Helena committed suicide, but yeah. like everyone believed like, because they believed Rhaenyra was this spiteful queen. Right. Who hated her, her brother's family mm -hmm. that it was her. Mm. The shepherd repeated these stories that Hel Helena had been killed by Rhaenyra and soon the city began to riot. The City Watch tried to quell the chaos, but they died in the mad scramble. The infamous Master of Coin, Lord Keltigar, was found, and his manhood taken as part of a 
cock tax. Jesus. During the bloody madness, many of the Queen's Guard would be killed as well. During that night, two false kings were proclaimed. One ah. was a 16-year-old squire named Tristane. Sir Perkin the Flea declared Tristane was the natural son of King Viserys. Still, in the brothels, a son of a whore named Gaiman Palehair was similarly declared king, with him being presented mm. as the bastard son of Aegon II. Wow. Rhaenyra saw all that was happening and the city would in the city, and she would switch from wrath and despair as she heard the horrible news about, about the city, about her friends in the city, and about her husband. Mm. The only person who was able to brighten her day her moments in of despair was Mushroom, who dearly loved Queen Rhaenyra. Mm -hmm. Lady Miseria warned the queen that they would calm down in the day, but the following night would be worse. Mm. This proved to be sadly true, as the night the shepherd suggested that the only w the next night, the shepherd suggested that the only way the realm could survive was if the dragons were slain. A mob went to the dragon pit and attacked the dragons. Although the dragons killed hundreds of people, in the end, the dragons would die. With one crushing itself and people as it tried to fly out the dragon pit, causing the roof to collapse on everyone. <clears throat> Rhaenyra, witnessing the slaughter of the dragons, decided to flee back to Dragonstone. Mm -hmm. However, Prince Joffrey, her third <clears throat> son who had a strong affinity for his dragon, Taraxes, begged to go back there to save his dragon. Rhaenyra said no, but Joffrey ignored her and mounted Rhaenyra's dragon to save his own. However, a dragon is not a horse, and Rhaenyra's dragon rejected Joffrey, and he plummeted to his death. Jesus. Rhaenyra's dragon would go to the dragon pit, where it is said the shepherd summoned the warrior himself to behead the dragon. Rhaenyra was left only with her son Aegon the Younger as they desperately journeyed to Dragonstone. She had to sell her crown to be given passage to Dragonstone, though others had suggested she go north to her allies, the Manderleys, or to the Vale. Mm. She chose Dragonstone because she knew there would be eggs there and hoped to hatch new dragons. Right. When Rhaenyra and Aegon the Younger arrived on Dragonstone, they were astonished to find the island full of greens. Mm. Rhaenyra was taken before a hideously scarred and immobile Aegon II with a wounded and dying sunfire in the chamber Jesus. I, I thought you dead Rhaenyra said to him after you you are the elder smiled Aegon II he tried to feed her to sunfire but the dragon took no interest until they pricked Rhaenyra's breast when the dragon smelled blood Sunfire lit a flame. Sunfire roasted and ate Rhaenyra I, the realm's delight, Magor with teats, before her surviving son, Aegon the Younger. Rhaenyra was dead, and Aegon II lived, but the dance was not over. Oh, no. And that's the life of Rhaenyra I, the only queen to sit on the Iron Throne. And with that, we're going to have to split this in two. I'm not surprised, honestly. There's so much to talk about for the Dance of the Dragons, and it's 
an amazing story. And we got at least one more perspective and maybe even, surprisingly, another king to talk about. Mm-hmm. That no one else normally talks about. So, I hope you, everyone has enjoyed this episode. And I look forward to, we look forward to talking to you soon about the second part of Rhaenyra and the continuing mm-hmm. saga of the Dance of the Dragons. See you then. Good night.